Hello everyone. Hope you are doing great. I'm doing great. I had a crazy dream last night and I don't know, I have been recording and sharing podcasts like crazy. I don't know what's going on lately with me. Um, I have just kind of had this urge to record a lot. I have moments when I don't feel like recording or writing at all. And then some days I feel really inspired or I just have this urge, like sense of urgency to put certain information out. So I don't know, today was just another one of those days. So today I wanted to talk about Donald Trump, time travel, and Project Looking Glass. Now, I know this is all kind of related to QAnon. Um, Q, I believe, is a quantum computer, which is why Q is named Q for quantum. Um, Q talks in military code. <clears throat> Q sounds like a literal computer. So that is what I believe. Now, I think it's really silly for people to believe that Time travel does not exist. Um, I know for a fact that there are two labs in the United States that actually admit to studying time travel, but they don't actually call it time travel. They call it plasma physics. Okay. Now, there is a lab in Plainfield, New Jersey, and it is actually run by Princeton University. It's called the Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory. And they are studying time travel. Now, they are a sister company or a sister lab to Fermilab, which is in Batavia, Illinois. And Fermilab is dedicated to the study of teleportation and quantum computing and quantum cities. Now, if you go to the website of the Princeton Lab, you know, they explain that they are studying plasma and fusion, which, if you can read between the lines, is time travel. Now, if you are familiar with my work, I wrote a book called Synarchy, the Elite Groups that Rule the World in the 21st Century, back in 2020. It's still available on Amazon. And most of my research has really um, centered around these elite groups that I believe control the world and have planned these agendas that we see happening all around us. Now, specifically, um, the Club of Rome. Now, if you are not familiar with the Club of Rome, I have a podcast on it. I suggest going back and refreshing on the Club of Rome, who they are, who funded them, who started it. Um, there's a lot of great information about this group. Now, um, back in 1973, there was a man by the name of Jay Forrester, and he was a computer pioneer. And he was commissioned by the Club of Rome to create a computer program, like a model, a predictor, to show the Club of Rome how the world could sustain its growth. Okay, now the Club of Rome is an organization comprised of thinkers, futurists, 
former world heads of state, scientists, and members from the United Nations. Um, it's kind of like the World Economic Forum of the 1970s. And their mission was to, they're, they're still around, so they are to promote understanding of the global challenges facing humanity and to propose solutions through scientific analysis, communication, and advocacy. So basically, they create the problems, they propose the solutions. Now, back in 1973, this program created by the Club of Rome with the help of Jay Forrester was called World One. World One, that is what they named it. And this World One program actually predicted 2020 as being the first milestone of the demise of the world. Okay, 2020. Now, that is when the quality of life was to drop dramatically. Now, according to this report, it read, and I quote, Around the year 2020, the condition of the planet becomes highly critical. If we do nothing about it, the quality of life goes down to zero. Pollution will become so serious that it will start to kill people, which in turn will cause the population to diminish lower than it was in 1900. At this stage, around the year 2040 to 2050, civilization as we know it will cease to exist. Okay. Now, the leader of the Club of Rome in 1973 was a man by the name of Alexander King. Now, he evaluated uh, World One's results and after his analysis of the results, he came out and announced that all nation states will lose their sovereignty. He forecasted a new world order, saying that corporations will manage everything. He says, sovereignty of nations is no longer absolute. There is a gradual diminishing of sovereignty little bit by little bit. Even in the biggest nations, this will happen. Okay, well, that sounds great. And I also question the true existence of this computer and World One, considering this alleged computer basically announced everything that they had already planned to do with the New World Order, which was determined and decided many years way before 1973. It was the 1970s when all of this really kicked off, and that's also through the work of the Rockefellers, Zbigniew Brzezinski, Henry Kissinger, um, to name a few. And by this, I mean with the birth of the Trilateral Commission and work within the Council on Foreign Relations, which actually controls every aspect of our government. If you are not familiar with those groups, I also have podcasts that go in great detail about these groups. So I highly suggest going back to earlier podcasts and learning about those. So this World One simulation kind of feels like Revelation of the Method 
or a huge psyop to get people thinking about what could happen. Now, it's a little too close to Operation Dark Winter and Event 201, if you ask me. That's my opinion. And speaking of psyops, we know that every war that has ever happened was a huge distraction. And this is all provable. You just have to understand history and why we go to war. And one of the reasons we can prove this is through Project Looking Glass. Now, Project Looking Glass is a dome-shaped instrument, or what some people would call a stargate, that was discovered in the Middle East that creates plasma when it is activated. And they are these Sumer Sumerian cylinders, okay? Now, this Project Looking Glass has been proven to show events of the past and the future and has been proven to show many scenarios and outcomes. So, with the plasma, it decodes what will happen after those events as well. So, like all top-secret government projects, um, this extremely intelligent technology was discovered in the Middle East, and it was around the year of 2003 when the United States invaded Baghdad. And this is allegedly when the United States or whoever um, discovered that Baghdad was hoarding these uh, Sumerian cylinders in a building or a warehouse. And so the United States needed a reason to go over there to confiscate this technology, and that is allegedly why we actually went to war. So you might ask yourself, why did the government want this? Well, the looking glass machine or technology shows two separate outcomes of the future, and it's played out in a hologram form, almost like a movie. Now, both outcomes are overlapping or blended together, but Inside the technology, there is a computer that records and separates, separates the two outcomes apart from each other for viewing. So the more probable outcome will play longer than the least probable outcome, from what I understand. Now, Looking Glass technology was developed by reverse engineering from these ancient Sumerian cylinder seals. Now, the original Sumerian seal technology works by opening a so-called door to access natural Einstein-Rosen bridges, otherwise known as ERBs. So it functions like a transporter or a teleportation device. Now, if you're not familiar with an ERB, the Einstein-Rosen bridges, it's a fancy term for wormhole. It has also been said that if you are able to adjust the power up or down, it can transport into the past or the future. Um, this is also explained in the movie Back to the Future. Um, again, predictive programming or revelation of the method. Also the movie Stargate with Kurt Russell. Um, now, after more experimentation, um, they found out that Looking Glass can also play images from times and places um, 
in the past and the future without anybody actually going there. Um, they found by using two looking glass machines operating at once that they could get sound to play with these images. Okay. So what's interesting is that these Sumerian cylinders are made of quartz and it has been written that on these cylinders, these ancient cylinders, it depicts a bearded male holding a curved sword. He has one foot on the back of a bird of his prey that turns its head back towards the gods. So the five-line Sumerian inscription reads, Marduk, great lord, the noble, into whose hands decisions in heaven and earth are assigned, may be the servant who reverences you rejoice before you. Okay, now this came from a museum in the UK. Now this is actually over there. You can read it. Um, another cylinder seal um, shows a queen um, who does not look human. Um, and this goes back to 2600 BC. Now, What's really strange is that this, this queen or this woman who's depicted, she looks like a giant because there's other people that are standing while she's sitting and she like towers over these people. And it also looks like she's sitting in front of a portal. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, history lies. They say all kinds of lies to make us think that we aren't special. We don't know where we come from. We don't know our ancestors. Um, basically, the entire history of the world has been fucked and erased, and we don't know shit, but we are doing our best to figure it out. So what I find to be very interesting is that when the U.S. was in Iraq, Iraq had almost 7,000 Sumerian seals that were looted out of a Baghdad museum. Okay, now this also reminds me of when the Nazis were looting artifacts during World War II. So to me, it's obvious all wars are a distraction for something else. And like I have always said, it usually comes down to resources, money, and technology. Another thing that's interesting is that there are many of these uh, cylinder seals that have been um, shipped all over the world, and they are found in many museums worldwide. Now, another fact about Project Looking Glass is that it can be used as a map. Now, another correlation to QAnon is that, you know, the word map or check the maps was a big thing with Q, but Project Looking Glass was allegedly like an instrument to view the stars and understand the stars of heaven. Now, what's even more crazy is that in the book of Jasher, um, the book of Jasher was not actually in the Bible, but talks about an instrument that was in Egypt that held the map of the stars of heaven. And it was Benjamin who was supposed to go and look at this instrument and tell Joseph what he saw. 
It was also described as the map of the stars where Joseph knew all the times. And it was also correlated to wisdom. Okay, to know all the times. What does that mean? Like he knows all the times, all the things that have happened in the future, in the past. I don't know. I also think it's weird that there was a documentary that came out in 1991 about JFK, and it was called JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass. And also that famous quote by Hunter Biden when he said, I live in my own version of Alice in Wonderland. There's just too many incidences of time travel, Alice in Wonderland, that don't make sense. And speaking of Alice in Wonderland, um, the author, Lewis Carroll, who was a pedophile, um, he was also a very successful photographer. Now, what people don't know is that Throughout his 24-year career as a photographer, he took over 3,000 photographs. Now, what's really strange is that 2,000 of Lewis Carroll's photographs were destroyed. And nobody knows who destroyed them or why, but it's very suspect considering that he was a pedophile and he wrote the book Alice in Wonderland and also had extreme enthusiasm and interest in the subject of time travel. Now, I don't know if this is going to sound crazy or not, but I'm also a photographer and my background is in photography and I ran a small photography business uh, back in 2015. But I still feel like the the whole concept of photography, being able to capture a moment in time, is so underrated. Like the fact that you can push a button and capture a moment in time. And video is even crazier to me. I mean, video, you're capturing combined set of moments it's it's a movie like we are so close to photography and we are so close to video that i think we forget how amazing it truly is but what's very odd to me is i was thinking about it and i was at my computer one day and you know when you're on a computer when you want to capture something, when you want to capture an image on the screen, you take a screenshot. And being able to take a photograph, a digital photograph, kind of reminds me of taking a screenshot, which also made me think that, you know, maybe we are in a simulated computer and that's why we are able to capture moments. I don't know. It just, I don't know if that makes any sense, but photography still blows my mind and is completely underrated as a technology. And while I am talking about mind blowing topics um, and time travel, um, I think it's time to revisit Donald Trump is a time traveler conspiracy because this all came out years ago, but 
it's truly astonishing how fucking insane it is. So let's get into it. So back in 1890 or 1894, I believe Nikola Tesla came to America and Nikola Tesla was brilliant. Um, He fell in love with a pigeon, yes, but he also invented time travel, among other things. And when Nikola Tesla died, um, what happened was all of his files, all of his information was confiscated by the Office of Alien Property, okay, by the government. It was called the Office of Alien Property. Look it up. So what's weird about that is um, they were actually considering Nikola Tesla to be an enemy of the United States government. And once they had confiscated all of his work, they found a man by the name of John G. Trump, who happens to be Donald Trump's biological paternal uncle, who worked at MIT. Now, for those of you that don't know, MIT is a subsidiary of the Club of Rome. And if you go back to 1973, Jay Forrester, the man who created the World One software, he was from MIT as well. So the Club of Rome finds John G. Trump and asks him to go through all of Nikola Tesla's files and see if there's anything worth taking out uh, for good measure. Well, according to the story, John G. Trump did not turn anything over to the government and basically said, there's nothing here, there's nothing of value. Um, But what's very strange about all of this is that Donald Trump has been quoted talking about his uncle many times, and he's actually the one family member he talks about the most, and he's always talking about how smart his family is, and he's not lying, but he would go on to say that his uncle, John Trump, was telling him about nuclear before nuclear was even a thing. Now, chronologically, it doesn't make sense because Donald Trump was born in the 40s, and this would put him probably in the 1950s if he was having conversations as a young child with his uncle. Um, And if he was older, that would put him into the 60s or the 70s. And we know that the United States government was developing nuclear weapons way long ago, um, at least in the 1930s. Okay, so going back to Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla came to the United States in the late 1890s. Now, it was also, I believe, 1898 when there was a man by the name of Ingersoll Lockwood, who looks exactly like Louis C.K. if you Google him. Um, But this, this writer, Ingersoll Lockwood, wrote a couple books, and one of them is called Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. Now, the book features a story about a boy, and his name is Baron Trump. Um, If you're not familiar, 
uh, Donald Trump's son with Melania. His name is Baron. And this story is about Baron Trump who finds a secret portal and time travels. Okay. Now there's some other weird, compelling correlations if you look more closely. Now, Baron Trump's adventure begins in Russia, and he is guided thanks to the directions provided by, quote, the master of all masters, a man named Don. Don. Now, before leaving for his time travel voyage through the unknown, Trump is told of his family's motto, and the family's motto is, the pathway to glory is strewn with pitfalls and danger. So we have a character named Baron Trump who time travels with the help of a man named Don. Okay, so anyway, that's fucking crazy. Okay, now there's another book that Ingersoll Lockwood wrote, and it's called The Last President. Now, The Last President book takes place in New York City. Okay, and people in the book are panicked. They're in an outrage, kind of like January 6th. It's this enormous, it's um, about this enormously opposed outsider candidate. Okay, just like Donald Trump. Now, in the book, the entire East Side is in a state of uproar. Police officers are shouting through the streets. They're telling people to stay inside. Don't leave your house. Um, all of this uh, protests are organized by socialists. And these people are coming out after the people that have oppressed them for so many years. Now, the thing is, the man who won the presidency in the book is extremely wealthy and lives on Fifth Avenue. Okay, Trump Tower is located on Fifth Avenue. And this character becomes the president in the book. Okay, and the first person that he chose to be in his cabinet was a man named Pence. Pence. I didn't even know that. Like, I've heard about this conspiracy, but I just found out that his cabinet member was named Pence. Get the fuck out. I mean, this is just fucking unbelievable. It's fucking unbelievable. I'm just speechless right now, revisiting this. Um, you know, so through the years, Nikola's Tesla's papers have been declassified, but a lot of his files are still missing. And a lot of people believe that they contained blueprints for a time machine. And this brings me to the story of John Teeter. Now, if you are not familiar with John Teeter, it's spelled T-I-T-O-R. Um, this man 
started appearing on internet forums in the year 2000, claimed that he was a time traveler from the year 2036. He said that he was a soldier and comes from a time of horrible political corruption and basically living in the results of nuclear waste. He also claimed or said that the world that he was living in was being run by ISIS, and it was awful. He also said that he was just stopping by the year 2000 to write and tell people what's going on, but he was actually on a mission back to 1975. Now, in one of his forums, he wrote, I am not here to prove anything to you or make you believe anything. In the future, everyone hates you. This time is viewed as a period where people are self-centered and lazy, ignorant sheep. Maybe you should be more concerned about that. Now, John also claimed that the IBM 5100 computer, which had just come out in 1975, had a secret function on it where anything that was inputted into the computer could be translated to any language. But IBM kept this function secret because they didn't want any competition stealing it. Now, after John disappeared from the internet, IBM actually came out and admitted that this was true. Now, I also think it's weird that his name is John and Donald Trump's uncle's name is John. I mean, granted, it's a common name, but no coincidences. Now, what's interesting about John is that he was asked why he was doing this, and he said, I am doing this to create a new timeline. Now, John, while he was writing in the year 2000, um, he predicted that mad cow disease would happen that never happened. Um, he also predicted that the 2008 Olympics would be canceled due to a pandemic. Um, none of these things happened, but he said that he was coming back to stop it from happening. And he would talk in circles, and a lot of people were very confused with his lingo, but he was discussing parallel universe theory and alternate universes. Um, he also said that ISIS would take over the world in the year 2000. Um, he also said that his reality that he was living in in 2036 was different than ours. And again, this is when we get into alternate timelines. Now, why did I bring this up? Well, it is believed that John Tidor is actually Donald Trump. Now, John Tidor said also in an internet forum, that he might have to come back and run for president to stop all of this from happening. And it was written, you know, that John and Donald Trump, they have the same demeanor, you know, the way that they talked was very aggressive. Um, so the theory goes that Donald Trump went into the future to change things. He was unsuccessful, so he went back to the future as John Teeter and saved the world from ISIS taking over by running for president. Now, I know this sounds fucking crazy, but you cannot deny the fact that while Trump was president, he ended the 30-year war in the Middle East and he literally stopped ISIS. Okay, so... 
What's even crazier is that the movies Back to the Future have a character whose name is Biff Tannen. Now, Biff Tannen um, is a casino owner and has his name and face plastered over all of his stuff, just like Donald Trump. Now, it was admitted that the character of Biff Tannen was actually portrayed after and inspired by Donald Trump. Now, Biff Tannen's character appears in all three of the Back to the Future movies. And what's even crazier is that the second Back to the Future movie actually predicted Donald Trump's run for presidency. So again, no coincidence that Back to the Future, which is a movie about time travel, features a character inspired by Donald Trump and predicts his presidency. No fucking way. Now, what's even more crazy is that a lot of this quantum research that is going on within our national laboratories was actually signed by Donald Trump to fund these projects. Now, there are a lot of laboratories in the United States that are currently studying time travel and teleportation. It's interesting because now scientists are discovering evidence of parallel universes where time actually runs backwards, which is a whole other thing. So the concept of the parallel universe has been around since the early 1960s, and these scientists are using giant balloons, um, you know, where the frigid air provides the perfect environment with little to no radio noise to distort its findings. So there's a constant wind of high energy particles that constantly arrive on Earth from the outer, the outer realms of our planet. And these low energy subatomic neutrinos with a mass close to zero can pass completely through Earth, but higher energy objects are stopped by the solid matter of the planet. Okay, so this basically means that high energy particles can only be detected coming down, but they have discovered that detected and detected heavier particles, which are these uh, tau neutrinos, that actually come up out of the Earth. So finding these implies that these particles are actually traveling backwards in time, suggesting of parallel universe. Now this also ties into the Mandela effect. Now if you're not familiar with the Mandela effect, um, in a nutshell, it's basically having memories that do not match with current reality or history. Um, a perfect example of the Mandela effect, which is why they call it the Mandela effect, um, comes from the death of Nelson Mandela dying in prison years before his actual passing, um, completed with a televised funeral. Well, in some people's reality, Mandela did not die in prison, and he passed away in 2013 from a respiratory tract infection. Okay, so this raised the question, how can so many people all over the world have the memory that Nelson Mandela died in prison, but it didn't happen in our current reality? 
and that the other half of people believed and remembered him dying in 2013. Now, there are a ton of examples of the Mandela effect, and uh, the one that seems to be the most popular is the Berenstain Bears. Um, now, a lot of people say that they remember it being Berenstain with an E-I-N at the end. Now, I literally have a photographic memory. I remember so much. Um, I can remember even what I was wearing on certain days when things happened. Um, I do not remember Berenstain Bears being Berenstain. Um, I've always remembered it to be Berenstain. Um, but the one that really got me, well, there were two. Um, the first one that got me was the Monopoly man in the Monopoly game. Um, if you asked me out of nowhere, does the Monopoly man wear a monocle over one of his eyes? I would have bet my life on it. Well, in this current reality, the Monopoly man does not have a monocle. Now, if you go on Google, and if you Google Monopoly man costumes, Halloween costumes, there are a shitload of people dressed in a suit and a top hat with a monocle. Okay, it's bizarre. Now, the other one that's similar to this, this isn't my other example, but it just made me think of this, was the Britney Spears music video for Oops, I Did It Again. I swore she was wearing a plaid skirt. Um, she apparently was not wearing a plaid skirt. In this reality, she's wearing a black skirt. Now, if you go online and Google Halloween costumes, Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again, you will see endless photos of women wearing plaid skirts. Okay, what does that tell you? Like, these women are not getting it wrong. Like, reality changed. Like, something changed. Okay. Now, the other example I was going to say that completely blew my mind. Um, I grew up watching Disney movies. Unfortunately, um, I was forced to watch that garbage. I actually did not like Disney movies as a kid. Um, they were very traumatizing and sad, and I always cried. And I don't know why my mom kept making me watch them, because I clearly did not enjoy them, especially when they would kill the mother. In every Disney movie, they kill the mom, like in the first scene. Like, I cannot watch Bambi. I cannot watch Dumbo. Um, all of them are so fucked up, which is why I don't let my kids watch them, because they don't need to be subjected to that bullshit. And it's garbage. And it's trauma for no reason. So, you know, kids should be happy and laughing. Disney is not fun and it doesn't make you laugh. It makes you cry. So anyway, Snow White, the evil queen, and the famous line, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Okay, well, in this reality, it's not mirror, mirror on the wall. It's magic mirror on the wall. I'm going to give you a moment to process that. Magic fucking mirror. It is not magic mirror on the wall. Okay, there's even a Disney movie with Julia Roberts that came out like 
I don't know what year, the 2010s, and it's called Mirror Mirror. Okay. Now, if it was aligned with the past reality, that would make sense. But they should have named it Magic Mirror with Julia Roberts, because apparently the line is Magic Fucking Mirror. And I guess the other one was Star Wars when, well, I thought it was Luke, I am your father. And it's no, I am your father. But I don't know. My dad, I actually asked my dad and my dad said he remembers it being no, I am your father. And he would know way more than I would because um, I actually didn't really watch Star Wars movies when I was a kid. Was not interested in that at all. Um. But yeah, some of this stuff just really doesn't make sense. And it feels like a lot of this stuff really started coming to light. Like during the Obama presidency, um, when YouTube was like at its height and there was so much crazy shit on YouTube, you could find any conspiracy. There were so many people putting out the most amazing craziest content. Like I am so happy that I got to live through that time. Um, because I feel like it, we will never see times like that ever again. I mean, they have taken over YouTube. They have shut it down. I mean, granted YouTube is great for educational videos. Like I use them for cooking and how to fix stuff around my house all the time. So I appreciate YouTube in that aspect, but if you're looking for information, you are not going to find it. Okay, so going back to Project Looking Glass. Now, Looking Glass foretold of a so-called singularity in the year 2030, in which two potential timelines will converge and one outcome will result. Now, the negative outcome is dependent on a series of events that will occur between 2022 and 2029. Now, the first event, which Project Looking Glass called Event 1, is to occur on April 18th. Now, this event must be stopped to prevent the other negative event and instead ensure a positive event converges at the singularity. Now. It is said that we are the guardians of the looking glass, even though we don't even know much about it. Now, these people who allegedly oversee the looking glass claim to be former intelligence officers and military officials who have come together to release classified information about future events. Um, they also claim that their knowledge comes from all of the work and discoveries in the 1990s. And this was when this artifact was activated by the U.S. military and was connected to quantum computers, which is why I think that is where we get the word or QAnon, or the letter Q for quantum. So according to these military officials, they said that they were able to see dozens of future timelines and the convergence of singularities, which led to two possible outcomes by the year 2030. In one outcome, humanity awakens, and the current order is dismantled. 
an event occurs, and instead of this event being negative, it has a positive effect. In the other outcome, the current structure remains in place, a nuclear war takes place, along with many horrible events. Then the event occurs, and instead of being a positive event, it is a negative one. So this first event um, was actually supposed to happen on April 18th, and it's supposed to be um, a New York City bombing that would kill 2,000 Americans instantly and injuring thousands. Now, they said that this would be set off in Times Square during a very busy time. Um, I also think the timing is interesting since it's in April um, which is Aries. It's a fire month. This is when a lot of like school shootings have happened in the past, like Columbine, uh, the Boston bombing. If you Google um, crazy events that happened in April, there are so many. Um, also, the media wants to blame Russia on everything. So does President Biden. Also has to do with this Ukraine proxy war that has nothing to do with what they're saying. I mean, it is a complete joke. And it also talks about how all of this has to do with vaccinations. Now, the graphene oxide is not designed to kill, but rather death is a side effect. So its true purpose of the graphene oxide is to interact with a solar event, which is supposed to happen in 2030. Now, the graphene oxide will cause this event to be a horrifying one rather than a positive one. So they're saying that if you are vaccinated, you will experience not only physical, but also a multidimensional annihilation when this solar event takes place because your soul. Um, or the essence of your soul will be severely damaged. Vibrational frequencies will be reattuned so that you align with the most negative dark energies within the realms of earth. Okay. So this is basically where we get like the zombie apocalypse. Now, this is the negative outcome that was seen through Project Looking Glass. Now, on the flip side, the positive outcome is that every individual begins to see the world as it is, rather than how it is filtered through the media and Hollywood and the government. This huge unveiling and awakening takes place. Vaccines become rejected. A cure is found for these poisoned by the graphene oxide who regret their decision. So as we awaken each horrific event is stopped. So this event takes place, you know, and the human body free from the vaccine toxins is transformed through a cosmic energy burst. Okay. And it's supposed to invigorate every human with new life, vitality, and youthfulness, as well as higher dimensional abilities and powers. It also says, Looking Glass says that each person reverts in age to about the appearance of being in their mid to late 20s. All disease is eliminated, and the human body can live off of energy, light, and water, and has no need for food, but food can still be consumed. New inventions come about that clean up the earth, such as bacteria that eats plastic, 
And from the year 2030, the entire world is transformed. Old, corrupt governments are dismantled. The European black nobility elites lose all of their power to the point that they end up in the streets as beggars. There is no campaign of revenge at all. Humanity simply stops feeding the negative forces of energy. And without that negative energy, all of the corrupt power withers away. It was written that Project Looking Glass identified over 70 events that had to be changed between the time frame of 2022 and 2029. And also it showed um, around 50 special individuals who were identified as being necessary in helping the change of this outcome. Um, of course, they did not release the names of these 50 people, uh, but these people will play a key role in helping change humanity and their way of thinking to bring about a positive timeline and outcome. So I would say that looking at the state of the world today, um, Joe Biden just signed the Declaration of North America, otherwise known as DNA. Um, you might as well rename America to the Bozo Republic or Clown Town. Um, I feel like everybody sees it for what it is. Um, even people that I did not imagine waking up in 2020 are starting to come around. So I am very hopeful for the future. And before I go, I stumbled upon this other story of this time traveler who goes by the name of Noah. Um, he calls himself the Time Lord. And he says that he's traveled from a not too distant future where time travel is now accessible to everyone. Um, he predicted that the next U.S. president in 2024 will be Yolanda King, who is the granddaughter of Martin Luther King. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. I will leave you on that note. That is all for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something, and I will see you very soon.